0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of Atlanta on Air, everybody. I'm Hunter Thompson, joined by Kenny, and today we have a really special guest. It is Ben Albright, host, reporter, and analyst at the Broncos flagship KOA Colorado, and owner of the second most accurate mock draft in the world in 2020. Ben, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How are you, gentlemen? We are hanging in there. One day closer to the draft, you know. Uh, I can only imagine how busy you've been.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I I think at this point uh, I am literally uh, I'm literally made out of monster energy drink at this point. So it's uh, it's 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 been uh, it's been fun. I'd like to uh, tonight. I'm actually going to get a full night's sleep, hopefully for the first time in like a week. So that'll be nice. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how the draft plays out from there. How about that?
0: (laughs) Nice. How was that uh, mock draft? How much time do you spend like working on that thing? Because I was just pulling it up right now.
1: Uh, the mock draft. I, I mean, it's kind of a year-round kind of deal, you know. I mean, you gather an intel all the time, and you just kind of adjust and adjust and adjust, and you know, and then you get to you get to the end, and you do the best you can, and either it's really accurate or it really isn't, and uh, I guess we'll find out which is which this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Looking at that, I mean, I guess the the first big thing is Trey Lance to the Niners. I know everybody's kind of split on that between like Lance and Mac. Any like particular reason you leaned Lance as opposed to Mac Jones or?
1: Uh, well, you know, people I talk to think it's either going to be Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And, you know, based on discussions that we had, I, I went ahead and went with Trey Lance. I thought it made for a more interesting mock draft than everybody else who's plugging Mac Jones in there. Um, you know, it's, it really could be either one of those two, um, it's, you know, when they moved up to, to three, it was one of those things where, you know, Kyle Shanahan really likes, uh, uh. You know, really likes Mac Jones and yeah, out Peters there, he kind of likes Justin Fields, but the rest of them are, are really kind of sold on Trey Lance. And it's just a kind of a question of who's ultimately going to convince who on that one and and you know how persuasive they could be at uh, getting that room to agree with them. And so I think that's I think that's what that boils down to. I think Trey Lance is a better fit for what they do. I don't think that Mac Jones particularly elevates the 49ers at all. I don't think they get any better by drafting him, so I don't know why you'd give up a bunch of assets to do it. Um, so for me, Trey Lance. You know kind of made the most sense, and I happen to know that there's people in that room that are very, very high on him. They think he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in this draft, that's something that Kyle really values. And you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see if that works out or if it's Mac Jones.
2: I'm right there with you, Ben. I, I just can't see them trading all that capital to go up there and get Mac Jones. Not that he's like a poor prospect or anything, but he is a limited prospect in my eyes, anyway. I put together my little mock draft, I also had the Niners taking Trey Lance just because. I also like the way he fits into the Shanahan offense. I think he does everything they ask for. And the upside is tremendously higher.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, and I just, you know, it's just a scenario where it just doesn't seem to make, I'm like, like, Mac Jones, what does Mac Jones do to elevate you? I, how that move, you know, you get cheaper a quarterback. If I guess if you get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, but you don't really, you don't know, get better. Uh, so to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, I don't. Um, you know, maybe they go that direction. And Kyle Shanahan has been able to has been able to develop quarterbacks and get the most out of them. But he's not exactly been the world's greatest at identifying talent. And so, you know, I, I feel like that if he uh, if he stepped back from the talent evaluation portion of it and you know just just went and got the most out of whatever guys put in front
2: of him, the, the Niners might be better off for it. Yeah, I could see that. I think Kyle's got, I think Kyle's got a little bit of an ego to him as well. So who knows if he'll like be able to step back and kind of let the other guys put, have their input in and everything like that.
1: No, I, I, I mean, I don't know if he's, you know, everybody's got an ego. If you're in coaching in the NFL, you got an ego. I mean, it takes, it takes a certain amount of ego to do that. I just, uh, I think Kyle just wants the smart, you know, I think he wants a smart guy able to make all the throws and, and, you know, do the things that he needs him to do. And, you know, for whatever reason, uh, Uh, You know, it felt it it feels like he and, uh, you know, to a a degree, his father kind of had a type and Mac Jones maybe kind of fits that type uh, a little bit more. However, uh, I think both of them were more successful when they had quarterbacks that, you know, didn't fit that type. So um, that's that's just my two cents.
0: (laughs) That's fair. I mean, that's incredible. Like insight. I know Shanahan's had this weird like infatuation with Kirk Cousins since he's been in the league. I mean, I guess that's kind of why, like in my mock, I put uh, Mac Jones there at three just because. I feel like he's the one who's going to win the argument, I guess. But again, like the whole giving up three firsts essentially for Mac Jones just makes no sense to me at all.
1: Well, yeah. And then
0: that's the thing. Like,
1: I mean, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. You ask, uh, you know, I I remember when when Mike Shanahan was in charge of the Broncos, you know, they were um, they wound up with Jay Cutler. But that's not the quarterback that they were targeting in that draft. They were targeting Matt Leinart. You know, and, and again, it fits that same mold that Kirk Cousins, you know, they're just kind of that same mold of, you know, cerebral guy without the elite tools. And, and you know, I, I, I just feel like if they could find a smart guy with the tools, cough, cough, Trey Lance, that maybe
2: they'd be better for it.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure.
2: So, Ben, you have Kyle Pitts going to the Falcons at number four overall in your mock draft. Any explanation onto that? You think that's pretty much a locked in deal or do you think that kind of depends on what the 49ers do? Is quarterback really in play or is Pitts locked in in your mind?
1: I think it's 99% Pitts. I mean, I, you have a discussion about Trey Lance. If he's there, I know that's Terry Fontenot's guys, but uh, you know, Arthur Smith is the head coach there. And he really wants Kyle Pitts, And, and I think he's going to get his way on that one. You know, and, I, and it makes sense. I mean, you've got Matt Ryan for, for at least two more years on contract. So it really doesn't make a ton of sense necessarily to go out there and spend that kind of capital on a front end quarterback, even, even with Trey Lance, where you're going to have to develop him for a while and sit him and all that kind of stuff like that. That scenario makes sense, but you're burning up two years of, you know, cheap quarterback play, cheap quarterback deal to do all that. So, uh, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that makes a ton of sense, especially for a team that's as, as salary cap strapped uh, as the Falcons are, and you know, they're going to be, you know, probably moving on from Julio Jones here as well, just to get themselves some relief. So, you know, I, I, I think that in the end, uh, Pitts kind of softens a blow against the loss of a Julio Jones, and uh, I think, uh, I think that um, Arthur Smith's going to get his
0: way. You saying that about Julio is that kind of like what's floating around the league? It's kind of like it's imminent that he's going to be dealt or is it kind of like a it's still up in the air type thing
1: i think most people feel like it's imminent um certainly that the raiders and ravens are both in on those discussions so I, i think most people feel like this is this is actually happening it's been one of those situations where it's been talked about forever um you know every year it feels like there's julio jones rumors but this is the year it actually feels like they have some some merit to them
0: yeah we we definitely feel that too I do have a question though, because I have heard that, like, obviously Atlanta's trying to like trade down, is what people have been saying, but I've heard their asking price for what they want for pick four is like stupid, ridiculously high, and all that. Do you have any idea what they would want to move down?
1: I, I can't tell you what the specifics are, but I can tell you they do want a haul, and they're not going to trade it for less than a haul, and then that's the right way to be. I mean, you just come out there and you ask for something stupid high. If somebody wants to meet that, cool. If not, you'll just draft a great player in Kyle Pitts. So, I, I mean, that's just the right way to that's the right way to approach it. And so, I, I think that's what they're trying to do here. And if they can fleece somebody, they'll fleece somebody. And if
2: not, well, they'll, they'll just take a great player. That's relieving to hear because us as fans, you know, you have number top five pick, and you're reading all these things about they want to trade down. Like the last thing we want to do is take compensation it isn't up to par with what we're giving up trading, like forcing ourselves to trade down would be a disaster for this new regime to start out. Yeah.
1: I, I think that there's, I mean, like there's certainly the thought to trade back because of the salary cap relief thing. I mean, you're going to have to cut some players. It's, it's going to go beyond Julio, you know, as, as you, as you move along, um, and you're going to have to get cheaper in order to be able to kind of redo, uh, you know, some of this stuff. So I, th- I think getting more draft picks, Makes that a lot easier, but I, you know, I I don't think that if you've got a shot at a once in a generation player, I think you got to take it.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm I'm good with Pitts because I can't get mad at these guys for taking the best player on the board in their first draft. Like I get it, and Pitts is a hell of a prospect. Personally, I'm more on board with quarterback because I see a lot of holes in this team. I don't expect them to realistically compete, but you definitely make some compelling points about why picking Pitts makes the most sense. Part of this is, like, if you do take a quarterback, it's that
1: quarterback's still not going to play. I mean, because, you know, Matt Ryan is is under contract. And so, you know, you're going to be getting the guy who you're paying a boatload of money to. You're going to want to get earn those dollars. So it's not like Matt Ryan's going to sit there and be the NFL's first $40 million backup. That's just not going to happen.
0: I know a lot of, like, Falcons fans are clamoring for Justin Fields to make the hometown return, in quotes. Do you think he's on the table at four?
1: I, I don't think so. I, I don't think he would be in play for them at I think Trey Lance would be, but I, I don't think that Justin Fields would be, and I don't think Justin Fields wants to. Justin Fields left Georgia because of some some hard feelings, and I'm not sure that he's personally attached to coming back. So, you know, I, I, don't think that, uh, I don't think that that's necessarily in play.
0: I don't know. It's just one of those things, like, everybody on, like, Falcons Twitter is, like, floating around, like, oh, my God, bring him back, bring him back. But I've kind of felt the same way about that. Like, I don't know if he wants to come back after how Georgia went.
1: Right. And again, I mean, like if you're bringing a quarterback in, keep in mind, he's going to sit two years because you're tied to Matt Ryan. So like, you know, if you're bringing somebody in, that guy is not going to play for two years. Do you really want to do that? Like, I, I get the Trey Lance thing because he's going to need reps and he's going to need a year at least.
2: But I, I wouldn't get it if it were, you know, if it were Field. Ben, you're a heartbreaker. All right. Let's ask you some Broncos questions here. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater's sixth-round pick, do you think um, George Payton played a role in that? I know he was with Minnesota. I'm not sure if his time there overlapped with Teddy Bridgewater's time there, but is that connection something that helped uh, put this straight through? Well, first of all, yes. Uh, they were there at the same time, and, yes, it
1: helped put it through. And it's not just George Payton. Uh, you got to keep in mind that offensive coordinator Pat Shermer also was there overlapping Teddy Bridgewater's okay, time yes, in Minnesota, so – Um, So it's not just it's not it's not just one thing. Um, And, you know, so, you know, I I think that they brought him in as veteran competition for Drew Locke, one of those two guys will win a job and you go from there. And, you know, if the right quarterback fell to nine,
2: they might even add that to the mix. But uh, I don't think we expect that to happen. What do you expect at nine from Denver? I've seen Slater today. I've seen Parsons often. What are you thinking? I don't
1: think it's Parsons. Uh, I I think um, he's—I might even say—he's off the board. Um, Wow! You know, we'll we'll see. That could be a smokescreen, but I I don't think he's in play there. I I think it would be Rashawn Slater if they are unable to trade back. I I think they would love to trade back. I think that would be the preferred option. But you know, if they are unable to do that, I I would suggest that I think that Rashawn Slater would be the pick. You could see a corner—you know, a Sertan or a Horn—but I think that it would be
2: Rashawn Slater. So those Parsons character concerns, there's there's fire to that smoke. Then that's a that's a big deal in team's eyes. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's there's some there's some very serious allegations there. And then you know what
1: what is he as a player? You know what, what is his position? Because uh, there are people that are trying to say that he's a Mike, and I I really don't think that's his position. I, I think he's he's a Will, and you know and that that really kind of changes the complexion of what you know what it is that you're acquiring. So you know I I don't think that uh, if you look at Michael Parsons, he's at his best going sideline to sideline or downhill. He, 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 you know people talk about his athleticism, but that doesn't really show up when he's in coverage. I mean it's not like he was in man coverage against tight ends that's not really what he does and so this idea that he's going to be suddenly this man coverage mike backer is you know i mean maybe you can turn him into that but there's there's not that's not really on tape what is suggested is his best position
0: yeah i remember like at the start of this draft cycle everyone was comparing him to isaiah simmons and that just it, it always made zero sense to me like him and Simmons. yeah
1: Nothing like Isaiah Simmons. If anybody's like that, it would be uh, J.O.K. Okay, uh, out, of, out of Notre Dame. That would be the closest thing to Isaiah Simmons in this draft. Um, oh, I freaking yeah, yeah, love J.O.K. Okay. Yeah, Parsons is almost almost nothing like Isaiah Simmons. I, I've never seen that comparison. If I saw that, I'd, I'm afraid I'd have to scroll past before I, I left the snarky reply.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you said the Broncos want to trade down. Do you have any like potential guys that they'd be have been in talks with, I guess, about trying, trying to move down or, I mean, they've had
1: conversations with Miami. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I think that would be a natural spot there. Miami, especially if the Sewell thing happens, like you could see a situation where they draft Sewell uh, with that six pick, the Broncos, uh, you know, we're able to pull that off. I, I you know, maybe you trade with Minnesota, you've got the natural relationship there. If Minnesota has got a player they want uh, maybe Chicago, if they want a quarterback or Washington, I, any one of those teams would be uh, potential targets.
0: I don't know. I never, like, pictured Miami making the jump back up. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, because they already had the second first, I never really pictured them moving up from the second first. That, that, I mean, that's super cool to hear, honestly. They've got the Makes capital to do it, that's, that's for sure.
2: sure. It'd be a bold move. They got, they got the capital, though.
0: Yeah, and they, you, can, you
1: can make that happen. I mean, I, I don't think that Miami necessarily is going to do that, but they've had that conversation. So,
0: so it, okay, another thing. Patriots everyone's talking about them moving up but that's always been like such an anti-Belichick thing so I guess it's just weird to be seeing that so like is that like something new that's just come in where they're trying to make a push or is it just a new guy in the FO or like like, where's Uh, this aggressive Patriots coming from?
1: You know, I don't think it's I I don't think that they've been, I don't think they're any less aggressive than they've ever been. I, I think that Bill Belichick always wanted to roll the picks back because he wanted to keep rolling capital. But, but you know, as you watch and as you see that Bill Belichick's, you know, coaching career is, uh, you know, it's going to come to an end someday. Um, I think they're less and less uh, necessary to push those picks forward and more about using them now. And I think that, you know, people were talking about the being aggressive in free agency. Well, the Patriots were always aggressive in free agency. That was that was always their thing. They just they had a quarterback there, and everybody took discounts. Uh, now they don't, so they have to pay fair market value. And so that I think that's the glaring difference now is that you know if they're bringing in free agents that which has always been their model, um, that they, they they have to pay more to do it. So I, I think maybe they'll be more aggressive with the draft. I I think that they'll you know they'll want to get younger guys because they have to because they spent money that they didn't use to have to spend. So I would not be surprised at all, uh, especially to see them try to get a quarterback on a cheap deal the same way they used to have, you know, kind of the Tom Brady situation. That's what allowed that model to be so successful. So, you know, I, I don't think, uh, like I said, I don't think it's new. I just think it's, it's like situational. They didn't have to before. I think it's new. I just think that, that uh, uh, they didn't used to have to do things this way. And, you know, when you don't have a, you know, an old world quarterback, all of a
2: sudden you kind of do. That's a real refreshing take to hear because, like, you see everyone out there just talking about how they're going on a spending spree and all of that stuff, the likes of which they never had before. But you're right; they don't. No one's getting the Tom Brady discount coming to New England anymore. So that's that's real interesting to hear. Their whole their whole their whole philosophy has been replaced through free agency. Like, they were never a draft and developed team; they were always
1: a free agent team. They just got everybody to pay take discounts when Tom Brady was there.
0: Fair enough. I mean, that's probably the thing that's like been what's been so weird about it was just the seeing them actually, like, splashing the money as opposed to the discounts, for sure.
1: Right. Paying full price, as it were.
0: One more thing about your mock. So there's been talk about Rousseau sliding, but you still have him going in the first. I don't know. Rousseau's been one of those prospects where it's, like, been so hard to kind of get a pulse on where he's going. And I don't know. It's just—it's it, it's so wild to see him there when, like, people talk about him, like, slipping, like, round three or round four. Or some people have him, like, still top 15 uh, who's talking about it slipping to the third or fourth round. I, I can tell you that's not going to happen. And if
1: somebody says that they are I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, that's not going to happen. He may not, he may not go in the first round. I think he still will, but you know, I think he's, you know, the idea that he would slip to the third or fourth is, is ludicrous. Um, He's uh you know, he's 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 a great talented player. He's had some some concerns, some injury concerns, things like that. But um, you know, I think that uh I, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him anywhere go anywhere between fifteen and you know, and maybe the first ten picks of the second round. I think that's kind of his range. Um, you know, it, it's just uh, edge rushers tend to get pushed up on draft day.
2: Draft Twitter's real low on Rousseau this year, so I feel like a lot of him getting pushed down the board. We see we see it we see it
0: often uh
2: edge, edge, rushers, edge rushers get pushed up though that that's you know that's that's
1: the thing i mean they just do like when you're drafting you know edge rusher is the second most impactful position on the field outside of a outside of quarterback and you know they they dictate games so i, I can't see a scenario where he falls like the third or fourth to me that would if I, if there were anything that were shocking to me that would be shocking
0: you know? yeah i mean it's just one of those things like we've seen like the in quotes anonymous scouts have been like saying stuff like that not much to take with a grain of salt there i guess. I see some, I see some of these
1: quotes out there about this kind of stuff. And some of that stuff, man, I, you know, some of these quotes that I see, there's no way they came from a scout. Like just, they just don't match up with things that the actual front office. So that's one of those things I guess I've learned over the last couple of years is try to marry up quotes that are actual quotes versus people just uh, typing something up and
2: saying it's from a scout. Anonymous NFL scout is out there on Twitter saying all sorts of wild stuff, huh?
1: Yeah, it's it's never-ending the parade of uh, you-know-what that comes out of people's mouths. So
2: yep. All right, Ben, before we get you out of here, because we know you're strapped for time right now, I would just like to get your most overrated prospect and your most underrated prospect as far as potential first-round picks go. What do you got for uh, us? Underrated, probably
1: uh, Tryon. Um, I think he's he's a guy that's gonna definitely gonna go in the first round. Maybe Elijah Moore. Both those guys are gonna go very well in the in the first round. Um, and and are guys that people aren't. I don't think mocking high enough. And then uh, overrated uh, Caleb Farley might didn't even go in the first round. Um, you know, he's this guy people were mock drafting at like nine and ten you know um about a month ago and and you know the guy needs more surgeries on his back and uh, i don't i
2: don't know why people keep mocking him that high i don't even think he's going to go in the first round yeah that that farley he's had a rough process man between the back injuries now COVID he won't even get to be there when he's drafted but um shoot if he's slipping into the second round maybe that'll save him from that green room
1: yeah and, and you know that'll help he's it's just uh you know it's just one of those things I mean I feel bad for the kid but um you know it's just funny to watch people that, that project this stuff and, and don't know what they're projecting or don't know what they're talking about you know when they project people it's kind of interesting I think the COVID has really kind of helped reveal um you know a lot of people who have information versus people who
0: really don't do you think, like, we're going to see some of these opt-out guys, like, sliding on the boards because of the whole not playing because of COVID thing? I uh, I don't
1: think the opt-outs themselves will. But if you see somebody who's opted out and also has medical, um, then, yeah, I think in those particular instances, you could definitely see something where uh, they slide down
0: on a board. Kenny, anything else you want to add? wrap this thing up no that's it but
2: ben i mean you do a great job on broncos twitter you are like the go-to source i see i i don't know why i see so many people hating on you man what's up with all that why do you have so many enemies on twitter
1: uh i don't know i guess when you got strong opinions and you know what you're talking about and you call out people's bs they don't like to be called out on their bs so uh they tend to hate people that do that so
2: yeah being being right all the time's got to ruffle some tethers huh man? <laughs> uh,
1: you know i mean i'm not 100 percent. i still miss on some things here or there but um you know i try to do the best work i can and you know i think uh, i think a lot of people are kind of jealous of the job to be honest with you you know now that i'm partnered with with the team you know i think that's kind of living the dream for a lot of people and there are people that think they can do the job better than me, to which I say, hey, if you can do it, come take it.
2: Fair. (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. Well, All right, Ben. Good go challenge. ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Plug your stuff, Ben, and let's get out of here. Let's let you get moving. Twenty four hours.
1: Yeah, That's we're more. getting close. Oh, uh, yeah, good. merry merry draftsmas Eve, everybody. Um, you can unfollow me at Albright NFL. It's a dumpster fire anyway. I wouldn't follow me. Um, and if you want uh, live coverage of the draft, direct from Broncos headquarters, I'll be the only guy out there doing it. So uh, you can get on the iHeartRadio app, and you can get that uh, tomorrow starting at uh, Three Mountain.
0: Sounds good, Ben. Thank you so much for taking the time. And y'all have a good one.